Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Connecting Conversations. Another week as we journey a little bit with life and faith and the Lord's Prayer, chatting about the sermon and catching up with how it relates to people's lives and their experience of faith. Tonight, we have uh, another special guest. It's wonderful to welcome Frank Millett, and uh, good to have you with us, Frank. Thanks, Stuart. Frank is uh, actually probably one of the very first people who ever contacted me when I when I was uh, coming to Bundaberg. Um, as soon as the information was was publicly known, I got an email from Frank and wanting yeah. details. Frank runs our magazine, as well as a whole host of other things, Crossroads Ministries, and uh, also Frank has been uh, secretary of Church Council and a whole number of other ways of serving for many years. Frank, thanks for agreeing to being with us uh, this evening. My pleasure. That's a that's a pretty short introduction for a long life, but uh, maybe Frank, you could tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, your your family, your work, your career that you were in before you retired, hobbies or interests. Right, you you might regret this. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, before you start, before you start, let me just say to our, our viewers, please uh, comment and let us know where you're watching from, where we can uh, we can see those comments, and we'd love to interact with them. And uh, thanks, Frank. Off you go. Right, this may not be where you want me to start. Okay, I've got, I've got a family confession to make. Right. In 1846, my great 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 grandfather Richard Henry Millet spent a month in jail oh. in Cornwall. Okay. He stole some broccoli. Right. So, all you broccoli lovers out there, you've got to watch the Millets. Okay. <laughs> there were several Richard Henrys followed him, and uh, eventually one of the Richard Henrys uh, arrived in Australia. Uh, and uh, the next one after that eventually became my grandfather. But I guess you would like to know more about my family, uh, following on from me. Uh, yep. um, married with married to Joy. Uh, it'll be quite a long time in, in December. We were married in 1962. We have four children, uh, two sons and two daughters. Ten grandchildren and two great grandchildren. So, uh, and the family spread around. A couple, couple of the families live here in this region, and others uh, interstate. Uh, you, uh, I think you asked about professional life. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I always wanted to be a teacher, but because of some advice and the particular period of history uh, I studied to become a metallurgist so I actually qualified as a metallurgist uh, but followed my my original uh, desire and, and without any teacher qualifications went teaching uh, with a science degree okay uh, I want to reassure people that I did do some postgraduate education studies after that uh, I didn't right. remain unqualified. Uh, and I had chosen to go into independent school teaching 
uh, I'd had the opportunity to go into to accept a fellowship into the state education department. But I was one of these people who liked to have, you know, to be independent and not mm -hmm. to have Big Brother uh, telling me where I had to go or what I had to do. And I'm grateful for that because uh, there when I arrived at the school in Charters Towers, my hometown, there was Joy. I'm sure she was there just waiting for me. We, we met in the January and we married that December. Right. Um, and of course, then we started to get to know one another after that. <laughs> uh, but I, certainly it was one of the big decisions I made that uh, I've never regretted. Uh, yes, yeah, so my teaching took me from Charters Towers to Toowoomba, uh, where I, uh, I ran one of the residences, so I was a sportsmaster at one stage and coordinated junior science. I went back to Charters Towers as principal in 73 uh, and from there I then headed south to Victoria and right. uh, worked in a Uniting Church school there for three years before I was given the opportunity to, to start a, a Christian community college uh, just outside of Melbourne and that was in 1982. Uh, when it outgrew me, and it was time for me to leave, uh, I ultimately headed to Darwin and worked wow. in various, One of Australia to the other. Uh, various uh, senior management roles in a, an interesting school. Uh, I arrived there just after a totally Indigenous boarding school converted into a mainstream uh, school. So they took on non-Indigenous kids uh, in 89, and I was there in 1990 to run the residential side of the school. Right. Um, when I left there, I was headed for retirement, but spent a year in Western Australia, uh, doing some work there as well, before I came to Bundaberg. That's just about it, I think. But certainly choosing to go independent, as I did, has allowed me to have a, what I believe uh, a challenging, fulfilling and, and a most rewarding uh, teaching experience. Wow. Right. So, Frank, yeah. then, okay, yeah. I, I was going to say, so crisscrossing the country like you did, at, at what point did you, um, at, at what point did you find Christ or how did you, how did you find Christ? Well, I was introduced to Christ very early in life. All right. Uh, uh, in you know, as it was, look, I grew up in in what I would call a, a, a family that supported Christian values, right. but certainly weren't church-going people. In fact, my father was a little bit anti-church because he'd gone to a church-run school, and he said he had the Bible thrust at him so much that he'd had enough of it. Okay. You know, uh, <laughs> However, the the uh, the atmosphere, I guess, in which we grew up, um, was one that respected uh, the Christian viewpoint and Christian values. And uh, like many kids in those days, in the forties, uh, we attended Sunday school. I walked through the bush. I was a bush kid, and we walked, probably walked a couple of kilometres to, to Sunday school. Uh, but that was where it 
there's a little little foundation provided there. Uh, I went to church services occasionally uh -huh. uh, throughout the rest of my schooling. And then when I was at uni, uh, staying at a uh, congregational run college at that time, uh, I started attending uh, worship services there, maybe out of a sense of guilt, you know, that that's right. the way I was behaving or whatever. <laughs> but the big turning point, I think, was when I started teaching. Okay. And film from Blackheath and Charters Towers was run by the Presbyterian Methodist Schools Association. And uh, Chris, Christian life was, was part of the life of the school. But it was when I married Joy uh, right. that, that in our first year of marriage, we decided to take confirmation together. And from that point, uh, I. I accepted that whatever I did in my life would be guided by uh, what was expected of me as, as a Christian. Uh, so I guess it, it was when I was around the age of 22. There were no wow. flashing lights or clanging cymbals or anything like that. It was, uh, uh, you know, it was accepting a commitment and, uh, and that commitment meant living um, by those values. Okay. I, I just want to go back a little uh, All right. to, to my family, if that's okay. Uh, a, a, key, a key point in my life is that I was the third of three kids and the middle one was a girl. Um, right. But she was born um, totally with total spasticity. Um, she was blind and she was mute right so i grew up until she was about 14 uh recognizing that some people are different and uh, my sister was very obviously different but okay. she was a person and i think that that links into to uh you know my involvement later on here in bundaberg right. Uh, right, I think that I don't know what else that. Uh, no, yeah. that's okay. Um, for those who don't know, Frank has uh, been involved in running Crossroads for many years, and Crossroads is a ministry uh, to differently abled people, and um, obviously that forms a big part of uh, the picture of how that mm. um, of what that means in your life. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. Mm. Um, Frank, so having become a Christian, at, at, like you said, you've been married to Joy for many, many years. Um, obviously, you've heard lots of sermons and uh, been involved in lots of church meetings, prayed lots of prayers. Um, what does the Lord's Prayer mean for you? And what is the significance of the Lord's Prayer in your life and journey with God? Well, th this will be a short answer. But okay. Uh, yes, I've been thinking about that, and simply put, you know, it's the it's the model of prayer, you know, that that uh, Jesus taught to his disciples. But throughout time and space, Christians throughout the world 
have accepted that it's it's the it's the link to to show that we're we're not alone that we're yeah. you know, in the current terminology we're in this together you know so that uh, you know it, it's interesting to 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 know that the Lord's prayer uh, the Lord's prayer is uh, is one of those unifying things at, across all branches of Christianity yes. Mm. And has there been a time in your life when uh, praying the Lord's Prayer was particularly meaningful for you? I'm, I'm glad you asked, asked that. And, and uh, when I saw that that was one of the questions, it suddenly hit me that I can right. actually pinpoint the date. Wow. Okay. 31st of March, 1972 goes back a bit it does. Was, I, won't, uh, I won't i won't tell you uh, where i was at that time <laughs> somewhere safe yeah, very. Uh, that was the day that our fourth child was born okay and i want to explain why that's significant after our third joy was told that it would be unwise to have further children because another baby could endanger her life right now the inevitable inevitable happened she felt pregnant uh, two, well, about three four years later she was offered termination by the doctor she refused so we went through the pregnancy and because of the danger to her life and and to the babies as well uh, it was a premature birth by caesarean. Right. So on this day, I think it might have even been Easter Sunday. You can check it up, 31st of March, 1972. I was sitting in the hospital waiting room. I don't think anybody else was there. I was sitting in front of a, a lovely aquarium, fish tank, just looking at the fish moving around. And what did I find myself doing? mumbling in my head the lord's prayer uh, right. that's what came to me uh, and i'd forgotten that uh, it was only reflecting on on the question that you asked um, so yes that that uh, that was quite meaningful to me on that day and i can obviously joy survived she was sick for quite a while uh, our son was in uh, he made a crib for quite a while too, um, but he's doing fine. That's, that's, that's fantastic, Frank. It's actually interesting. There have been a number of people over the series who have said to me that it's amazing how in, in moments like that or difficult moments when you don't know what to pray, this, mm. this routine prayer just connects us uh, yeah. to God. That's beautiful. Thank you. We um, we dealt with the section, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, I said in the in the sermon that um, when we pray your kingdom come, we pray, um, we, we're connecting with Jesus' words when he started his ministry, the kingdom of God is here. How do you understand the kingdom of God or, or what does it mean for you when you hear that phrase? I'm just trying. Uh, 
when I arrived, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I've given a bit of thought to this this morning, but it's a brief response. Uh, uh, tying in with something I think you said, that God's kingdom is, is not out there somewhere. And the mm. words I've used, that, that it, it engulfs us. And, so, and we are invited to be part of God's kingdom. It's not something divorced from us. Right. So it's, it's part of us in space and time, here and now. You know, we, we don't, it's not something in the future. It's with no. us here and now. So uh, I think God desires us to be part of that, that, that uh, uh, kingdom, particularly in the way we relate to other people that we show love, uh, demonstrate God's love to all, right. uh, and not only to those people we like or mm. we know, <laughs> but to the unlikable uh, and and to those who may be uh, different, uh, think differently, look different. Um, yeah. uh, so it, it's, it's what God is asking us to be part of. Mm. And... Uh, I, I just I, I got a little quote here. Okay. That uh, I got from Facebook, and it's it's not related to faith, but I think it can be uh, connected with it. You cannot get through a single day with ha without having an impact on the world around you. Right. What you do makes a difference, and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make. And okay. uh, I think when you're part of God's kingdom, you'll get that sort of direction that you you need. That's, Frank, that's a that's a that's a great lead into um, to my next question, which is um, just asking you from a story from your own life where you've actually seen firsthand that that kingdom of God being in action. Um, as someone you know has been obedient to the will of God or been part of seeing uh, God's will being done. Yes, yeah, so, uh, I've shared shared this story with Stuart earlier, and I think I've shared part of it in uh, in our magazine. But many of my friend, uh, sorry, many of my past students from years past uh, make requests to be friends on Facebook. Right. Uh, a couple of years ago, just out of the blue, uh, one of my past students from Victoria. Uh, made a friend request, and I, I had to think for a while. And I recognised the name, but I couldn't remember too much about it. But I accepted the request, and it soon became apparent. Uh, we'll call her Lisa. It soon became apparent that Lisa, now a grandma, had gone through tough times. Uh, she was an artist, and I'm guessing that she was living a you know, fairly alternative lifestyle. But uh, the story came out that she was a drug addict and an alcoholic. Somebody along the way had tried to take her life. Mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook, she was sharing at the time that she was in conflict with a gang of 
bikies and that she would have to shift from where she was so she was she was wow. in strife wow uh so i suggested to her i said i mean I, to me the obvious she was reaching out that, that she had a need she wanted to get get this behind her mm. so i did offer i said would you like me to put you in contact with uh, you know a ministry of the uniting church yeah and uh, she she said yes and i lined up a couple of different ministers in her region that i knew but she never did follow up on that then she went off facebook for a while and a few months later she came back in again with the statement that she'd found christ she'd put the addiction behind her alcohol and drugs mm -hmm. and would i come to her baptism in a wow. week's time now i was unable to do that but she is still free from drugs and alcohol and she certainly gives credit to christ for leading her out of that so uh, i think i'll just leave it at that uh now but uh i, I found that quite dramatic okay uh, mm. well that's wonderful do you know do you know how she found christ was there a person involved or was it a yeah, she, she, she i think she linked up with with a what i would call a non-mainstream uh, okay but not you know not anglican not, yes, <laughs> not uniting yes. church not catholic uh, but she then got hooked on on some what i would see as alternative um almost cult-like uh okay. christian groups and that that bothers me somewhat but but uh, certainly it was christ who led her led her out of her addiction wonderful yeah. well frank i spoke on sunday quite a bit i gave a couple of stories and illustrations of different ways in which um when we show love and when we when we serve others we um we are part of god's kingdom and we're bringing god's kingdom um just like christ did he loved and he served and and that was he was the kingdom of god there in that moment i know that it is always difficult to talk about yourself and maybe that's a, an unfair fair question to have but but is it can you tell me a story of a time where where in your christian journey um you've acted in a, in a way in a in a faithful way in seeking to be like christ and you saw god's kingdom coming because of your actions uh, yes i i have i i don't have any difficulty answering the first part but i think i mentioned to you earlier that uh you don't always see the re, the impact of no of of yourself acting out as jesus may have acted out so yes. I'll, I'll try to share with you three stories if that's oh, okay well wow. yes, because i can okay the first one the first one uh takes me back to the church in darwin right and following church one day uh you know people hanging around chatting and so forth 
I observed a young man sitting by himself. He was unknown to me, but that wasn't unusual in Darwin, and particularly in the dry, that is this time of the year when people flock there um, because of the weather. Uh, But I, I sensed there was something wrong. So I went up to him and started talking. Uh, and because of this sense I had that he, there was some need that he had to, needed to share, I said, would you like to go and talk in private? And so mm-hmm. he agreed to that. We went over to the actually the minister's office. That was the, the only place I could get, uh, get to. And we chatted a while, and you know, I, I listened to the, the bit that he was willing to tell me then but whether it was my background in education, or I don't know. But I, I sort of put the headmaster's or the, the teacher's voice on, and I said, "Look, you're hiding something. There's something else you really should be telling me." Uh-huh. And he took that up. So I listened then to hear the part of his story. He'd been in a, he'd been locked up in in a secure mental health unit in Perth. Right. Uh, I guess for his own safety and for treatment, but somehow or other he'd got out, escaped, okay. and made his way a long way from Perth up to Darwin. And then by the time he'd got to Darwin, he'd run out of money and and uh, and I think probably starting to feel somewhat lonely. So I, I said, would you like to come home for a meal? And we, we, we went home for lunch. Wow. I heard a bit more of the story and then and he was willing then to give me his parents phone number his phone battery was flat or what whatever he was not so he rang and made contact heard a bit more of the story that they'd been able to track him part way up the coast but then he disappeared okay uh, so the, the role i played i suppose there was simply to help him unravel his story and and I I listened and came to the point where I said to him look there's a a ward here in the hospital similar to where you were would you like me to talk to them and would you like to go to them so that they can arrange your transfer back to Perth and he agreed to that okay so eventually I took him along there handed him over and that's the last I've known of it Okay. So there was a case where I like to think I was acting like Jesus. Uh, oh, absolutely. absolutely. But no feedback, no, no response. I don't know whether suddenly he became a Christian or whether his mental health uh, problems uh, were eased. Um, but I felt confident at least that by listening, it had eased part of his problem at that time. Hmm. Right, that story is a bit longer than the next one <laughs> can okay. i keep going yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, right right uh the next the next two relate to a visit i made back last year to the school in charters towers where i first started teaching went back as principal because of their centenary celebration so it's a big big event mm. uh, it was interesting going back because one of the first people i met was a 74-year-old lady that I'd taught chemistry to in in 1962. So 74 makes me feel yeah. old. 
Are you giving your age away, Frank? <laughs> However, one of, one of the next people who came up to me was a student called Lynn. And she was really keen to talk mm. to me because she'd come, come to the school in the middle of her year, tenure in 1976, having been expelled from an all-girls all boarding school in southern Queensland. It wasn't long before she was in strife again, uh, along with three other younger girls. Mm. Now, I won't go into what they did, uh, but I know that my predecessor, under whom I'd worked, he was there for many, many, many years, he would have just sent these four girls home. Right. Uh, there were some complications to that, but uh, I had a chat with Joy. So what I did was I suspended them from the boarding school and took them into our home. So suddenly wow. we went from six to ten. Okay. So we, I laid down some guidelines and some high expectations of how they could could contribute to the life of the house and the family. And they met those expectations. So I felt comfortable when they said that they were ready to send them back to boarding school, the boarding house, uh, and there was no further trouble. Oh. Lynn went on to do year 12 and became part of our very uh, successful debating team. But she rushed up to me at this reunion just to say that she turned out all right. Wow. She, was, she was currently managing a staff of 250 people. Uh, but what I liked most was she came back the next night and said, look, I, I forgot to say this yesterday, but what I really appreciated is that you let me know that you believed me, that you believed in me. And uh, so that was the only feedback I got from that. Wow. Uh, it, I can tell you, 30, whatever it was, years, or four, over 40 years later, uh, it made me feel good, I can tell you. Absolutely. Yeah, the third, you, you mentioned in the sermon on Sunday about Jesus changing the culture. Yeah. Uh, you remember saying that? Well, that prompted me to want to mention this third story, again, at that reunion. I came across four gentlemen who would have been, I guess, approaching 60. Right. They, they said, oh, we're just talking about you. We just want to let you know that when you came to the school as principal, you changed the culture. And right. It didn't impact me until I, we didn't have a very long conversation. I didn't inquire, you know, what he mean by that. Um, but uh, that was... That was a great uh, source of satisfaction to me, again, so long after, to to uh, think that something I did uh, was recognised by those kids who would have been, you know, 15, 16 at the time. End of wow. story. End of story. Frank, I, 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 could, I, I could tell you lots of others, but that's enough. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, you know, changing the culture is really what we are praying when we say your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, like I was saying on Sunday, it's the, it's uh, 
wanting the will of God to be done in this in this world. And even as I listen to your stories, I think um, you know the simple act of inviting three three troublesome people into your home. Uh, you know that, that's an amazing um, an amazing thing, and something which I think would be would be exceptionally Christ-like. It's uh, and uh, like you say, we we may never know the fruits of that kind of thing, but um, but I don't I don't believe for one second it doesn't have a big difference in people's lives and 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 bring in um, God's kingdom. That is unfortunately we will uh, have to leave it. Oh goodness me! Go ahead, yeah, I have stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to catch up on another on another connecting conversation sometime, but. But uh, thank you so much for sharing um, personally from your life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like I said in the beginning, uh, a, a very long life of faithful Christianity. And um, as, as Jill mentioned in the, in the comments, a, a fine example of Christianity. And uh, I thank you for that. Thank you for being part of Connecting Conversations. And thank you for sharing some of your stories with us tonight. Uh, thanks, Stuart. I, I enjoyed myself. <laughs> Lovely. I hope the, the viewers did too. And I'll I'm go through the comments now and have a look. You go, definitely have a look. That will be great. Thank you, Frank. Good on you. Thanks. Good night, all. Good night. Friends, thank you very much for joining us and for being part of Connecting Conversations. It's been uh, lovely to, to chat to Frank and uh, lovely to just uh, be involved in this kind of interview once again. And, Feel free to send comments during the week. We'll still try and catch on to them. Have a lovely evening and God bless.